Hello and welcome to another episode of A Slice of Health, the Candid Health Chat podcast, where we slice away health truth from health fiction. Join me and my friends as we challenge common health myths via chit chat, powered by several cups of coffee. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media and do visit us at a sliceofhealth.club. Let's get to today's episode. Hey, hello champions, welcome back to another episode. On this episode, we're going to be talking about healthy eating and how can we make eating healthy fun. Today we are joined by a blogger, Nancy Odogu, who is a health food blogger. She is also an investment banker by day and in her spare time, she enjoys blogging, creating and sharing healthy meals that she makes for her family. She's also currently at the College of Naturopathic Medicine and a trainee nutritional therapist. She's also the mom to three amazing boys. Welcome, Nancy. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So tell us a lot about yourself. A little bit about myself. I mean, the bio kind of says it all. I am a mother of three and currently a nutritional um, therapist, junior in training. well, during the day, my day job is as an investment banker. I'm currently on maternity leave. I've just had, I had another baby uh, last summer who's nine months old. I studied in uni, I studied business management and finance. And from there, I've been working in banks. So I uh, started working in banks about 2010. And yeah, I've been in banking for about 10 years. However, my passion has always been in food, always been in food. And now I have found my niche that I love and enjoy, and that is healthy eating and healthy food, mainly for the health of me and my family, my children, and just trying to have you know, a good lifestyle and make the best version of myself and my family. Mm. That is awesome. So how did you make that switch in terms of, you know, being an investment banker to then becoming a food blogger and then taking it further to then actually pursue it in an academic way? Mm -hmm. So like I said, I've always had a passion in food. Mm -hmm. Uh, During uni, I was the cook. So everyone would come over to my house and my husband at uni and he lived in my dorm pretty much. (laughs) I wooed him with my food <laughs> and he he always really pushed me and inspired me you know to keep keep on going and he's always he's like my he's my biggest fan like he actually believes that no one can cook better than me and I just think that's absolutely insane <laughs> it's, it's, it's good and it has its downfalls as well I mean we'll, we can go out for a meal and the meal can be spectacular we'll be on our way home and then I just wait for the comment to come and we'll say oh yeah today was really nice that food was good but I'm sure you could have done a better job every single time I just wait for you know that line to come but he's absolutely amazing he's um, really encouraged me in terms of my passion and he's he's seen it before I could see it that you know Nancy you're so good at this and you enjoy it you need to take it further and so I set up an Instagram page many years ago and I would just post from time to time the food that I make whenever I make something exciting if I've made a nice romantic dinner for us I would post the pictures and when I became pregnant with my first child 
I was more conscious about the food I eat and it was me trying to make sure I nourish my baby who's grown in my womb you know to the best that I could so well my husband and I started doing more research on what the baby needs the vitamins and minerals you take um, while you're pregnant and the best foods to eat so that you can nourish this this child um, better and also I had quite a lot of food adversities I didn't all the food I would usually eat I couldn't I couldn't take it when I was pregnant and funny enough I could only tolerate healthy foods so things like um, fry anything fried would make me gag straight away and at the time all I could eat was fruit and vegetables like literally I don't know if it feels because it was um, the water content because I was very thirsty all the time as well but anything like rice related anything heavy just I would just throw up as soon as I finished eating it and yeah so from there it just became a lifestyle for me um, to eat good and I started enjoying it and enjoying ways to make it fun so some of my really fun dishes that I would make. I used to make a lot of fried chicken. I don't know why I used to have fried chicken so often. Honestly, it was like every Friday I would have fried chicken and the mac and cheese. I started baking it and finding ways to season it to make it more crispy and still crunchy and flavorsome. So that's, that's where the journey began and it's just been evolving year on year and year on year. And that's how it's got me here. That, that is that is an awesome journey and it's so interesting that you had that kind of aversion to certain mm-hmm. kinds of foods when you were pregnant and a lot of people find that when they make changes when they're pregnant then it then becomes easy because you know it's a li- nine month period so mm-hmm. if you've been able to live a certain way for nine months then you're probably likely to be able to continue continue yeah. that especially when it's a significant significant change but on a side note before we jump into diets um diets and eating how do you manage it all with three boys a husband your day job, then, you know, the, the blogging and also being in uni. How, how do you manage to balance it all? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's tough. Yeah. It, it is a lot of work um, with my husband. The easy part is the food. Okay. Okay. But that is really the easy part because we have to eat. Yeah. And being a food blogger, there's some food bloggers who would do loads of experiments on just dishes they think of off the top of their heads and then do a special shoot. Yeah. I do that on the spot. I cook with what I have. I don't necessarily plan all the time unless I want something that we can say, oh, this week I really fancy some lemon pepper fish or whatever, yeah. then I will have that. But in terms of Monday, we're going to eat this, Tuesday, no. I don't I'm a foodie so someday I can be like oh I really fancy this today I kind of like to keep it open and it makes you have more of a varied diet as well try to include different things especially for the children because I feel like they need to be exposed to different foods so that they can get used to it and understand it and start to actually love it as well so uh, for me one thing I would say is I ask for help yeah. I have an amazing family um, support system. I have my parents, I have my brothers, my in-laws, you know, my mother-in-law, father-in-law are there, my sister-in-law, she's absolutely amazing as well. 
So at times when I need help, I'm not afraid to ask for help. I'm not a superwoman that I can do it all because I simply cannot. On days when I am studying, um, my parents usually have uh, my children or like during times like this, my husband will take the day off to look after the children while I'm studying. So it's all about just having a good support system and if you have a partner, having an understanding partner who's there to support you through it. And then the blog inside, I, the majority of the time I blog, I'm in bed. <laughs> when all the kids are asleep, yeah. I've taken my pictures, what, what we had for dinner, I've taken the pictures, all the editing and the recipe writing, I do that in bed before I go to sleep mm-hmm. or when I wake up in the morning just to brush up proofread and um, anything else so just about kind of managing the time getting support and yeah not being so hard on yourself as well yeah definitely definitely that is so important so talking about healthy eating what what do you classify as healthy eating what does healthy eating mean to you healthy eating i classify healthy eating as eating things that are real, real foods. And I try to incorporate that in my house as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yes, occasionally we can have uh, a pizza, delivery, even pizza from the store and I make it at home occasionally. But I try to avoid anything food packaged, anything um, pre-made or fast food, mm-hmm. quick takeaways, oily foods. Healthy eating, for me, it's really having good, wholesome, rich foods uh, that have been grown or killed. Okay. Okay. That's my principle. If you can cook it, if you can um, pluck it from the ground mm. or you can kill it, yes, that's a yes for me. If I have to look at the packaging and start pronouncing some of these funny words that are out there, it's got all kinds of ingredients and chemicals and um, preservatives then you know I, that's where I really try to avoid mm-hmm. that's really interesting that you say that in terms of eating from the earth and eating yeah. what the earth has produced either that is as a plant or an animal that has fed off the off the earth as well mm-hmm. um, and you said something really funny you said you know if you have to think about how to pronounce something that is on the packaging then you probably shouldn't be eating that how mm-hmm. does that apply to especially with you having such young children how do you then balance that with having young children who want to eat biscuits and chocolates crisps and a lot of those things that have quite significant amounts of preservatives how do you how, where do you draw the balance the draw i draw the balance i don't introduce it okay children don't need crisps and biscuits mm-hmm. if you will there's so many different healthy alternatives now Uh, popcorns for children they have different types of popcorns for children's flapjacks for children children they won't get addicted to anything that they don't know Mm -hmm. if they get addicted to these crisps and chocolates it's because you've introduced them to it they they don't know anything else yeah and i'll give a an example of it was it's been easier with my first child because he was the only child Mm. and um he didn't have the luxuries of you know someone who's older who now has exposure to them because they've gone to school and so forth but with my first child he didn't even have anything like chicken nuggets until he was two years old we went to a we had a children's party to go to 
and the mother sent us a invitation and she said can you please um, let us know whether um, Olisa would like pizza and chips or chicken nuggets and chips and I said he's never had either <laughs> this is at the age of two at the age of two he had never eaten a pizza and he had never eaten chicken nuggets he tried it for the first time at the party and he absolutely hated the chicken nuggets the chips he had because his palate is used to he's had potato chicken nuggets no so just don't don't introduce them that's the line i would if you don't want your children to eat it try to not introduce it they will eventually get exposed to it like i said he went to a party and he's now been exposed to the chocolates and the sweets but if that is when they're um, exposed to it, you let them know that it was a special occasion and we had chocolates and we had some biscuits and sweets because it was so-and-so's birthday. It's nobody's birthday today, so we don't need to have it, do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is really interesting. And I think that is quite, being quite intentional as well. Yeah. In terms of thinking about what are we going to make available to in the house? What are we going to make a pattern for the children so that they know that we did this thing one time, but that is not what we do all the time. Exactly. However, I I often get a lot of people say to me, you know, especially as a doctor, encouraging people to eat healthy. But a lot of times people say, oh, no, but it takes too much time and it's too difficult and it takes too much thought. Mm-hmm. What do you say to what would you say to people who find that it's difficult for them to actually plan meals or ensure that the children are eating real food? People find it difficult because they overthink it. Okay, that is where it actually is. That's the crux of the matter, honestly. Because healthy eating, it it is so simple. Mm-hmm. Basic meal that we can have a few times a week, sweet potatoes, salmon, and a side of veg. You can, and what I do usually, I would just season it differently. So maybe today we would have um, a jerk salmon, you know, a spicy salmon. And then another day in the week, we could have um, a lemony and herb salmon you know, doing it different, it's just the different spices, trying to kind of jazz it up. But it's not, it's very simple. I come from an African background. I'm Congolese myself and my husband is Nigerian. I know how to cook both foods. Yeah. And when I want to cook Nigerian food, for example, I have to take the time out <laughs> to say, okay, I need at least an hour and a half to do this. If I want to cook a goosey soup, it's not going to take me 30 minutes like it is. Yeah. to grill um, some asparagus per se, yeah. put some sweet potatoes in the oven and pan fry uh, some salmon. That, w- that meal will take, you know, an hour and a half, whereas the healthy meal will take no more than 30 minutes. Yeah. So people overthink it. They start complicating it in their minds about what they need to do and how they need to make it. But it's so basic. And that's what I try to teach and explain to people in my blogs and via my Instagram with the pictures, like this is a 30 minute meal. It doesn't need that much thought into it. Um, You season it with the flavors that you enjoy most. And it's just so simple. That is is great. And I I like how you drew the comparison in terms of salmon, 
being so easy to to get ready with sweet potatoes and everything can be going at the same time 30 minutes you've turned it over as opposed to eggsy soup and then if you were going to make something like panda jam next to it or whatever yeah. it does it does take a lot of time and a lot of us are used to eating these things that take so long to prepare that yeah. when we need to then actually simplify our lives yeah. it then becomes complicated and we're like where where exactly where exactly do i start yeah. and in terms of healthy eating i think a lot of healthy eating also revolves around what we're drinking as well what do you say to people who can't drink water drink water (laughs) (laughs) right there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to drink water Mm -hmm. put some fruit in there if you Mm -hmm. have to Mm -hmm. Um, put some herbs in there if you want to but it's so important that you drink water Mm -hmm. we need it we need it to live Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh for people with children start it from when they're very young age yeah start giving it to them in their bottles make it known that this is what they need to live mm-hmm. so that they get used to it yeah and drink it often and um regularly mm-hmm. and it doesn't become a thing of it's like it doesn't become a chore to drink water because that's what has happened with so many adults they haven't been drinking water all their life they're used to juice or milk and now they're learning the importance of drinking water and it's become a chore it, there's this mental block that they have that oh gosh i have to drink water drinking water should be something that you do and not even think about it yeah 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 and you said something as well and i think that is definitely about the the palette that you then develop through childhood through teenage years as well there's a way you then have to then do something different it then becomes so difficult because you're not used to the taste of something that is supposed to be actually nourishing for you because you know most of your body percentage is actually water so you are helping yourself that way and in terms of dieting and snacking as well and you know people grazing through the day or people who have desk jobs or they need a you know a quick boost to go what kind of snacks would you normally recommend that people sort of lean, gravitate towards as opposed to you know snacking on a, on a milk digestive <laughs> Um, I always encourage having some fruits, mm-hmm. uh, fresh fruits on rotation. So don't be having like five apples throughout the day. You just got apples on your desk or yeah. seven bananas that you keep going through. Have yeah. a, a selection of fruits. Yeah. Dry fruits is good for you as well if you need that sugar kick. If you don't want to indulge in some chocolates, mm-hmm. you've got some dried fruits, um, some nuts. Mm-hmm even vegetables yeah you want something a bit filling maybe some hummus on the side have some vegetables that you can eat raw there's loads of vegetables like carrots um, some peppers sweet peppers that you can enjoy raw that doesn't have a horrible or bitter taste yeah you can enjoy with 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 a side Mm And in terms of eating healthy as well, so we're talking about making eating healthy a fun thing to do mm-hmm. and an active, you know, as part of our normal life. Yeah. How, how, do we, how do we actually do that in terms of changing our mindsets to see that actually it's not a chore and it's not something that, is, that should weigh me down, it shouldn't be difficult? What, how, how should we do that? Ways to do that for me, I find your favourite foods that you can indulge in try and look look up ways that you can make them healthy okay so you have for example um 
like I said, my love of fried chicken. <laughs> fried chicken. I used to have fried chicken and uh, macaroni cheese all the time. I found a vegan way to have uh, macaroni cheese that's dairy free and not so fatty. You know, the dairy is full of, you know, the cheese is loads of oils and yeah. so on. You try and find healthy ways and simplify it for yourself. Experiment, make it fun. Set yourself a task to say, okay, today I'm going to try um, this recipe. This is my favorite um, recipe. Let, let me give myself a task. Set yourself a task and just try and Im impress yourself, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. The foods that you like. Don't try and start eating foods that you, you don't like and forcing your palate. For example, there is, I think this is probably the only thing that I, I still cannot stomach till this day, and that's beetroot. Can't eat beetroot. I actually can't eat it. It makes me heave. No, I can't eat it. The smell of it. And the funny thing is, my children and my husband love it. And I'm like the weirdo in the house. I, I, I don't know. I can't do it. I really can't do it. I've tried so many times and it just makes me heave. So if there's something you really, really don't like, don't try and keep forcing yourself yeah. to have it. There's yeah. so many different um, vegetables and fruits out there that you can, you can uh, eat mm -hmm. that will help your, your diet and your growth. Yeah. So, yeah, set yourself some challenges. Find foods that you like. That's great. And in terms, we, uh, I think a few years ago, we all sort of went on this smoothie journey. So everybody started having green smoothies and fruit smoothies. Yeah. And now you, you often see a lot of people drinking a lot of smoothies. But sometimes when I look at those smoothies, it, they look really... It looks like just blended fruit, which can be great. Um, but if you're having a huge, you know, two liter bottle of blended fruit, then that is actually quite a lot of sugar, which is actually not beneficial for you. How do you encourage people to actually make their smoothies healthier? Because, you know, when you put in, when you encourage people to pack it in with a lot of spinach or a lot of kale, just to try to balance it out a little bit, then you have the complaints that, yeah, but it doesn't taste nice. So okay. what, what do you say to people who like going on the smoothie journey, but they like things that are sweet to the palate? One, they should limit the amount of smoothie that they take in. Mm. Make it themselves, because a lot of the smoothies out there uh, do have juices in yeah. them, and they're not pure juices, they're concentrated juices. So they're even higher in sugar, and yeah. they've gone through a whole load of process. Yeah. So if you really, really can't live without the smoothies and you need it sweet, limit the amount of smoothies you take in. Mm -hmm. Try as much as possible to make it yourself. Yeah. And do add some vegetables that don't have such a strong taste. Mm. Like I have a berry smoothie that I like and it's, it, at the end of it, it's very sweet. Mm. But I add avocado in it and add the avocado doesn't actually um, dull the sweetness yeah. of the smoothie. So add vegetables, even small portions, at least have some vegetables. Try not to make it overly sweet for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really crucial. And in terms of moving sort of towards the African side of things, because um, our diets are very rich in carbohydrates, yes. uh, rich in palm oil. It, it seems to be a thing throughout Africa that, you know, our diets are so rich in palm oil. Um, 
you know, a lot of fried things and a lot of the soups that we eat, the vegetables have been so pulverized that there's hardly any nutrient left in them or any fiber left in a lot of the vegetables that we add to our soups. So how can we actually change a lot of our, our African diets to then make it actually a lot more nutritious than it would have been if we'd cooked it, you know, the way that it was prepared 50 years ago? Yeah. Reduce the amount of oil you use. Mm. If something is going in a soup, even let's take stew, for example. I know people that make a meat stew. They would um, boil the meat, mm. then fry the meat, then add the meat in the stew, which makes it soft. Mm. What is the point of frying the meat, <laughs> deep frying the meat, if it's going to go in the stew and go soft anyway? Bake it. If you want a bit of a crunch or you want to make it brown, mm. just bake it. Mm. Because it's going to have the same outcome. You're, not, you're really not going to taste the difference. Mm. And what you're doing, you're reducing the, the, level, the amount of oil you put in there substantially. Because a lot of these people, they actually deep fry the meat. Mm -hmm. Like sitting in boiling oil for yeah. five minutes. Mm -hmm. One, it's actually more effort. Yeah. Two is really bad for you. Yeah. The meat in the oven. So number one, it would be to um, reduce the oil content in there. Two, the vegetables don't need to be overcooked so much. Steam them yeah. and put them in. Put the vegetables in last. For example, a goosey soup. You'll cook your goosey. Goosey is so, so good for you, rich in nutrients. It's like one of the best things yeah. to eat. Yeah. But we abuse it with putting all the oils and the seasonings, the excess seasonings and so on. And then we'll add the, the spinach. But then sometimes people will cook the spinach in there for another 45 minutes. It doesn't need 45 minutes cooking. Once the goosey is ready, add the spinach on top. Once it's wilted, it's done. It doesn't need to be overcooked. So overcooking our green veg, we need to stop that. And the last thing that I, it really, really hurts me till this day is the amount of seasonings that we use. Mm, 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 the stock. Yeah. And you've got the Maggie cube, you've got the jumbo, you've got the gnaw. And on top of that, I see people making these recipes, like recipe videos, they would add seasoning cube, Maggie cube, all purpose, and then add salt. Why are you adding salt? Everything that you have added has salt in there and it has sugar as well. So many preservatives, we're killing ourselves because we're not reading the labels on the back of these preservatives. Maggie Cube has some of the ingredients that is used to make Coca-Cola. You know, and I can see you like, your face is like, oh my God. But we're taking this every day and then you, you'll have the typical African artist. Oh, but I don't drink Coke. Um, but you're taking the ingredients every single day. That caramel coloring of Maggie Cube. Uh, it looks very much like Coke, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, because it's got caramel in it. Yeah. 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 So I think, yeah, definitely. I think also a lot of, we're not aware we're not aware. We don't read. I read, I read the ingredients of some of the seasonings my mom had and she was like, 
what is that? And I said, it's what you've been eating every day. You can't even pronounce these words. They're, they're like, I, I, I don't even know where they come from. Yeah, yeah. That is, that. you know, I'm really glad that you touched on that, actually, because a lot of us don't read, we don't read the back of a lot of things that we put in, in our bodies. We don't, we don't understand what it is. And, you know, what you just, I, I, I wasn't aware of what you just said about Maggie and Coca-Cola, but mm. actually you do think about it a lot. You know, th- these are all, it's all processed foods, isn't it? So mm-hmm. they're all probably reading from the same hymn book and, you know, yeah. using things that, produce different colors and are appealing to our eyes and so we're so I think we we often talk about how flavorsome African food is Mm -hmm. but I don't know how much flavor it actually is as opposed to how much salt yes um and sort of like hot food like pepper that we're so used to in our mouth that you're not actually able to really enjoy the food you're just slapped with so much salt um and then you drink a lot of Coca-Cola and then tomorrow you're shouting at your children and saying they're raising your blood pressure. But actually, <laughs> you're but raising your own blood pressure. <laughs> but actually your children are not raising your blood pressure. Your diet is, is raising your blood pressure. Um, and so I think we definitely need to be conscious and a lot more aware and understanding of what we're doing with our diets and with our food. But what would you say to, let's say, an African auntie who will listen to this podcast now? And she'd be like, oh, okay, you know what? Let me try to make a change. And she then cooks and, you know, cooks with only fresh herbs and serves food to her husband. And he's like, what is this? What, what, how would you encourage her to continue trying? Because the preservatives in these... Um, in these seasonings and stock cubes or whatever, they are very addictive. Mm. Your brain, it's, it's like cocaine, right? I'm not saying it's, it's like cocaine in that sense. Yeah, you're trying to yeah. allergy, yeah. The same, the same nerves mm. that when you consume cocaine, it gives the same nerve impulses when you have sugar. Mm. That's why sugar is so addictive. Mm. And there is a lot of sugar in these seasonings as well. Mm. There is, Maggie Cube is very high in sugar. Mm. has about three different types of sugar and a caramel substance. So they are not actually addicted to the flavor. They are addicted to the preservatives within. And it will take some time to wean off. Just like anyone who's on cocaine, like I just said. You can't be a crack addict for 10 years and just be clean tomorrow. It will take time. So you have to keep going at it. And then over time, you will realize like, wow, I can actually taste the difference and taste how good this food is with um, normal uh, herbs and spices and real salt, real rich salt. Mm -hmm. You will eventually, once you start weaning yourself of these flavors and substances, preservatives, you will start to taste the real flavors mm. and you would never want to go back. So I will say to that auntie, keep on going because it's not an overday thing. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, that's awesome. And how do we get children involved in eating healthy and making it fun, making it fun for children and getting them involved? Because I think once children are involved in the process of making their meals and understanding what it is, it changes their outlook on what they're eating as opposed to always complaining that Timothy next door 
gets a KFC every evening, but if they're involved in what's happening, they, they tend to have a, a different outlook to it. So what, what would you encourage people to do? Um, so children don't like things they don't understand. Mm. Once they understand it, you have to explain to them. You have to say, look, we're going to have this and this is why you need to eat your vegetables because it will make you big and strong. Mm. You, you keep drumming these things into them. It's like, I feel like sometimes we're like indoctrinating our children to not like junk food. <laughs> and it, I, do, I do feel guilty sometimes because they would, they would go out and even at school, my son will come home and be like, oh, mommy, do you know so-and-so doesn't even eat his vegetables? He's, that's so bad. And do you know what's going to happen to him when he's older? He's not even going to be strong, you know? <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God, what have I done to my child? He's looking down on other children. <laughs> but if you try and explain to them, you educate them from a, young, from a young age. At the very basic level, like I said, you continue eating your vegetables. We need vegetables so that we can be strong, so that we can be healthy, and you'll make us the best. You keep drumming these things into them. I don't always cook with my children. There are times I do. But when I do cook with them, I say, you know, this is what we're going to eat. This is how we're going to make it. Explain to them. Try and make it fun. Involve them in the cooking. I know for some, someone a bit older or like you're saying, one of our aunties might listen and say, how, how are you going to get, you know, a bunch of kids that just want to play outside or go on their iPads to come in and cook with you? They can actually help. Get them to throw things in the bin. Get them to see the process that you're going through to make their to prepare their food mm. you know don't make it like this is just mummy's section and then give it to them make them quite familiar with it have picture boards up different types of fruits and veg give them fruits and veg to snack on yeah. give it to them as snacks tell them why they're having it um, as snacks opposed to having biscuits mm -hmm. and so on but it's yeah they are they are sponges and they're going to soak up whatever you give them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Nancy. That has been great. So if you were to give our listeners a championship point, what would you, what would you tell them about healthy eating? Um, eat real foods. Mm -hmm. Eat plants, a lot of it. Give yourself adequate breaks between each meal and consume water at least two liters a day and keep it simple don't overthink it yeah that is awesome don't overthink it and eat from the earth i love it thank you so much for coming on nancy thank you so much for having me Mo. thank you for joining us on today's episode do share this podcast with two people who have not heard about us before remember that this podcast in no way replaces advice from your own doctor or physician do subscribe and follow us on social media. Leave us a review on iTunes so that others can access the amazing content. And do join the club at a sliceofhealth.club and drop us some suggestions or questions that you might have. Don't forget to be a health champion wherever you go by separating health fact from health fiction.